listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. And uh, yeah, it's it's a happy podcast. Three wins since we last spoke to you via this uh, method as the uh, Swift Current Broncos coming off a 5-4 overtime win on home ice against the uh, Vancouver Giants. Wow, what a fun night at the Iplex last night. Yeah, a nice way to finish it off. Um, you know, obviously the guys had the, you know, it just kind of the whole way that game came to an end with, you know, Connor Vidston having that breakaway with a minute to go, couldn't finish on that, getting a power play in overtime, couldn't capitalize there, but then, you know, just a couple of seconds after that power play ends, uh, you know, Sam McGinley creeping in from the blue line and firing it from between the circles for the winner. So, uh, you know, a great way to kind of send everybody home happy, and the team just keeps on rolling. I mean, the offense is, is firing on all cylinders, 21 goals in their last four games during this four-game winning streak. So, Sets up a really fun game coming up here on Friday night with the undefeated Red Deer Rebels coming to town. Yeah, Red Deer rolling into town, and we'll talk more about that in uh, in just a little bit here. But uh, that win last night must have felt good for Matt Keeler, who's filling in for Devin Pratt, who's off coaching at the World Under-17s. We'll have Matt on the podcast today, and he's got to be feeling good after his first Western Hockey League head coaching win. Yeah, it's always exciting. I think, you know, he, he said it himself, uh, as you'll hear in just a couple of moments. You know, some nerves head into that game, obviously kind of being the guy who's making all the decisions there so uh, you know nice for him to kind of get that first win under his belt and uh, something he'll never forget I'm sure so uh, it does set up you know like I said some exciting games coming up here and the team's just trying to keep things rolling here and not uh, not get too far ahead of themselves as they focus on Friday. And our feature guest on the podcast this week uh, there were a few people last night at the rink what with we we touched on Devin Pratt being away so Matt Keeler running the bench and, and his assistant coach last night Troy Leslie one of the newest members of the Swift Current Bronco family yeah his official title is uh, video and uh, player development coach um, so he's not normally here full-time he'll watch the games from his home in Verdon Manitoba and clip the games as they're happening so that way the you know Devin and Matt will have clips that they can use during intermissions to either show players or kind of watch something back a play that happened earlier in the period whereas normally uh, you know Matt and Devin would have to do that themselves either during the intermission or the next day kind of thing so to have Troy doing that during the game makes it a lot easier to see things on the fly and make decisions uh, quickly and change things like that so uh, with Devin now gone Troy uh, drives over to Swift Current and will be here until Devin is back which I think is the November 15th game against Brandon. And at the time of recording this uh, three Swift Current Bronco personnel of course at World Under 17's in Langley an event uh, that was in Swift current just a few short years ago in 2019 but uh you know uh clark caswell is there josh fluker is there and uh devin prott one of the the coaches with one of the team canada teams as well yeah he's the uh, team canada white assistant coach and then uh, uh fluker and caswell both on team canada black and this tournament actually starts today the thursday uh team canada white is playing against sweden and team canada black is playing against team canada red now I think in previous years it was kind of like a, a round robin style, and then the you know the top teams would advance and play quarterfinal, semifinal. From what I understand, this year it's totally different. I think every team plays every other team once, and then it's basically just the top four teams will play for medals. So like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like three versus four plays for bronze and then one versus two plays for gold. I'm not entirely sure if that's how it works, but it's a different structure from the way they've done it in years past. I know that. 
Hmm, interesting. Well, best of luck to uh, to those three gentlemen representing the Swift Current Bronco organization in Langley at uh, World Under 17. It's just a great hockey event. All sorts of hockey people around gathered for it. And uh, it was a lot of fun when it was in Swift Current, and I'm sure a similar experience in Langley. Well, shifting gears a little bit, the, uh, the team with a tall task ahead of them tomorrow. The Broncos, of course, riding... Uh, a high right now on a four-game streak, but they're taking on a team, uh, for lack of better terms, that's been a juggernaut since opening night. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous what Red Deer's been able to do, and especially when you you know you looked at their team heading into the season. You know they lost Swift Current native Chase Coward, who played so well in the playoffs, so they didn't have you know their starting goaltender back. Both of their goalies at the start of the year didn't have a single game of WHL experience. They didn't know if Ben King was going to be back. They lose Archdeep Baines, who graduates from the WHL. So you would think naturally that team was going to take at least one step back, if not more. But they come out of the gates, win their first few games, get Ben King back, keep rolling. And as we talk here, they're 13-0. and They've outscored their opponents 59-22 to in their first 13 games. Uh, their goaltending tandem was named the goalies of the month for the WHL. So it's pretty remarkable what this team has been able to do. They just kind of keep finding ways to win. Um, you know, and, and speaking with Steve Connor Walchuk the last time they were here, it's not as if they were dominating teams. It's not like they're winning 6-1 every game. You know, they're finding different ways to win. They came from behind to beat the Broncos when they were here back on October 15th. So uh, that's a team that's just finding different ways to win every single night. They're getting contributions up and down their lineup from basically everybody. And, uh, you know, the hottest team in the Western Hockey League, if not the entire Canadian Hockey League to date, and it sets up a pretty exciting game on Friday. It, it certainly does. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about Red Deer is they, they just broke, uh, doing the math in my head right now, a 33-year-old WHL record that was actually set by the 1989 Swift Current Broncos. Yeah, 12 wins in a row was the record to start a season for that 88-89 Broncos team. So Red Deer winning their 13th in a row last weekend uh, break that record. And obviously that Broncos team goes on to, to win the Memorial Cup that year. So uh, I know this Red Deer team is one that has high aspirations. And, you know, a chance for the Broncos to, to be the first team to beat Red Deer this season would be a pretty exciting game here on Friday if they were able to do that. Well, and and on that note, you know, it. it not going to lie, and, and full kudos to Red Deer and their organization. You know, if I if I was a kid or had a kid that got drafted into the Red Deer Rebels organization, that would be great. But it hurt seeing them break that record that, that our boys set back in that 88-89 season. Because on that Swift Current Bronco team that ended up winning the Memorial Cup, uh, probably half of it were guys that, that lost four teammates a few years ago through that 1986 team. The 89 team in Swift Current that, that set that record, their, their team captain was Sheldon Kennedy. You know, those, those were boys that went through a lot. And, and it hurt to see that record broken. And Red Deer's coming in tomorrow, and they're, they're a juggernaut right now. Like, they're, they're well-coached, they're well-structured, they got talent, and they got hard work. But, you know what, and, and in my work, I've been fortunate enough to see pretty much every barn in the Western Hockey League. Still haven't been to Winnipeg yet. yet. That, that's on the bucket list. But there is nothing in the Western Hockey League, and I would dare say the Canadian Hockey League, like a full Civic Center, Innovation Iplex, Innovation Plex, whatever. Like this rink takes on a life of its own and really does become a seventh man when it's full and when it's rocking. And, you know, Red Deer, good for them. They, they set that record. But wouldn't it just be, you know, awesome if Swift Current was able to be the team that ended it. And yeah, on paper, they, they might have us, but 
nothing quite matches a full iplex so so anyone who's who's listening to this who's able to make it to the game tomorrow you know if you've ever been a bronco fan if you've ever bought a jersey if you've ever pondered the team's strengths and weaknesses over coffee at the local coffee shop like let's pack the barn for this one on friday and you know let let's show our boys what this community can really do and just put that full support behind them because I, I really feel like the team that we have and the crowd that we have the potential of having, we could beat anybody. And wouldn't it be great to see that tomorrow night? Yeah, I've heard stories about what this place was like during the you know the 18 championship run. Uh, you know, sold out every night. You know, perhaps rumor has it past the fire capacity uh, attendance <laughs> allowed. But um, you know, I think the first game that I was here for that 1920 season opener, when you go back and look at the attendance for every game, I think that was the highest attended game that's happened here since I've been here. And that was a great atmosphere that night. Can't forget Yona Kiviniemi scoring with, I think it was 0.2 seconds left in overtime yeah. to win that game. So that was a great atmosphere. And I know the players are, are hungry for an atmosphere like that too. I mean, there's been games on the road the last couple of years. Uh, there was, I think it was a college night in Brandon last season. There was about 4,600 there. There was the family day game in Regina last year, and I think there was about 5,800 at the Brandt Center that night. And it just makes such a difference. And to be able to have that at home uh, for these guys to play in front of, with the way they're playing right now, by the way, a four-game winning streak and kind of just rolling offensively with a juggernaut opponent coming in, you know, to have that atmosphere behind them and supporting them, trying to be the team to beat Red Deer for the first time this year, it will be awesome. I know the players would love it. You know, they, they talk about getting big crowds here and wanting to see this place packed, you know, from from the first row to the last row, seeing people standing behind the, the, uh, the, the seats as well. They want that atmosphere. They want to experience it for themselves. And uh, to be able to get that, you know, whether it's Friday, whether it's next weekend, whenever it might be, that's what the guys want and uh, would love to see this place, uh, you know, fill up pretty full for these coming games. Well, and, and you know what, and, and you touched on it with, uh, with what you mentioned about Brandon having their college night and Regina having a full house. And I've, I've been in both of those rinks when they've been packed. It, it doesn't touch a full rink here in Swift Current. You know, just the way this facility is built, the size of it, the way that the opposition often feels like the fans are on top of them, it's it really is a seventh man. I mean, I've even been to, to you know, high stakes rider games at the old Taylor Field and you know, that was loud, but but this is just a different kind of intimidating atmosphere. So, gosh, I really hope that we can get that tomorrow night when uh, when Red Deer's in town. Whatever you got planned for tonight, if it's not coming to the rink, cancel it and bring everyone you were planning on hanging out with here anyway. So, anyway, we'll we'll get the podcast rolling here. I hoping for a packed house tomorrow night, but uh, we know that we will have a great edition of Broncos this week. We got uh, Troy Leslie coming up. He'll be our feature guest. But in the much more immediate future, we'll have Matt Keeler on, the, I guess we can call him interim head coach, while Devin Prod is away. And we'll congratulate him on his first win and more here on the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week Coaches Show segment with uh, Matt Keeler joining us today. Pinch hitting for Devin Pratt. You've had to do a lot of pinch hitting for Devin Pratt lately. And uh, first and foremost, uh, first WHLW last night. Congrats on that one, Matt. Oh, thank you very much. It was obviously lots of nerves going going into the game. But, uh, um, you know, it's been... uh, Bit of a roller coaster here uh, to start with, but obviously uh, it was uh, good to keep this thing going. The last three games here, 
uh, before last night. Uh, we felt the, the process has been getting better and better every single night, and um, we've had a couple of really good weeks of practices too leading up um, uh, to these games. So it was uh, good to get a, to, to be on the right side of the result again last night. Well, and let's talk about that game. Obviously, you had the 4-2 the lead there uh, in the third period. They come back and tie it up, and you do get the job done in overtime. But there was a couple of chances in regulation, too, for the guys to get that lead back. I mean, a shorthand breakaway for Matthew Ward. Connor Vidston with about a minute to go with the breakaway as well. So plenty of chances, but it was nice to see the guys get the job done in overtime. Yeah, and, you know, you could uh, you could see it on the bench. You could kind of hear it in the crowd. It was, it was uh, that breakaway there late. and. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. We're just trying to. We talked about it after the game, just and this morning too in our meetings, finding ways to uh, um, you know to close out games and, and be on the right side of things uh, a little bit quicker when we have those kind of opportunities. So the good news is we're creating those opportunities, and it's usually uh, you know from a good defensive player being on the right side of things when an opportunity like that arises, and um, so that's a good thing. So we're creating and then just finding a way to execute on on those things and and uh like i said just be be able to put a game away a little bit earlier than uh, having to fight right to the final whistle yeah and you know for people just joining us uh, you're the team's uh, associate coach devin prott is off at world under 17s with the uh, hockey canada program so you're filling in for the next few games and troy leslie is helping you out on the bench as well but i want to ask you about that role about you know being being the number two getting thrust into the number one spot because i can remember years ago and i won't won't show any up or throw any names out here but uh, we had a head coach and general manager who was away at GM meetings so the associate coach took over and all of a sudden it, it would be like nowadays if all of a sudden we completely change up the power play structure and had Josh Davies quarterbacking it not saying that he couldn't do that but and this was a day before webcasting as well and everything so you know what's it like stepping into that role because you know I'm sure there's some things that you wouldn't mind seeing done your way but you know Devin when he's on this podcast he's always talking about the process as yeah. well no, we obviously we had a lot of meetings leading up to, uh, uh, and, and the good the good news is we knew this was going to happen for a long time. It wasn't just kind of thrust uh, you know in, into things. So uh, right from the summer we had already uh, started to plan things out here. So it's uh, yeah, like it, I we really I didn't want to change uh, much at all. Like we have we have the process that we talk about. I know, I know it's a cliche um, you know saying, but there's there's a lot of things and the, and the way that we're especially the structure and the type of way that we want to play, uh, the identity that we want to play with, uh, we want to keep that going. So, and like I said, it, it has, it was easier with um, the three games leading up to uh, to last night uh, for sure. We felt the process was getting a lot better, and we're, um, you know, there, there's things that are happening on a more consistent basis that we like. So it's just continuing to not lose those. We've built these things. Let's not lose that. Let's continue to grow. Um, and, and so it's like I said, it's made it a, uh, definitely the transition um, pretty easy. We're we're in communication, but uh, and and Devin's been really good. Kind of like said, hey, like you know, you got to trust your instincts, uh, trust yourself. Like if there's there's a feel for something, um, you know, trust me to, to to make that decision, which um, you know gives me the confidence too to to know that uh, you know we're trusted and um, you know go from there. So you know, hopefully we can keep things going here. Yet another one goal game last night. Ten of your first thirty. 13- games have been decided by a single goal. I mean, have you ever seen something like that or been part of a team that's had so many tight games like that before? Uh, no, but I, I do remember... Uh you know, uh, I can't remember which which NHL team it was a couple of years ago. As I say, like I can't remember how many one goal games it was, but 
Um, you know, when you, you look at some of these teams that have success, even in the playoffs, um, you got to be comfortable playing in, in one goal games. And, and that's what I like. I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, we, we take this experience and, um, you know, especially for a playoff team, uh, it's, they're, they're close games. They're all close games. It's pretty rare. You see games get out of hand, uh, especially at this level. So, um, the more we can, uh, get used to these things and especially ending up on the right side and, uh, being able to play with a lead and especially in the last five minutes and in a period in a tight game and just, uh, you know, not sitting back on our heels. And, um, like I said, it's, it's been a process and the, the nice thing is we're ending up on the right side of it right now. So hopefully we can continue and, um, you know, uh, I, I think it'll only benefit us uh, down the road being having the experience playing in all these tight games. Well, absolutely. I, I remember years ago interviewing a young Dale Weiss when he was with our program and, you know, they were just coming off a blowout win and he said, you don't learn anything from blowout wins. Like that's why it's important to have these one goal games. You know, there's the cliche, you know, bad teams find ways to lose, good teams find ways to win. And albeit maybe it got the pulse going a little bit last night to find the way to win that you guys did. But but that's what the important thing is, is finding that elusive W, right? Not very elusive anymore now with the four-game streak. Yeah, and, and talking with a couple scouts after the game, that was their message. Like, you know, you come in and there's a, yeah, you get the win. Sometimes as a coach, you got a bit of pit in your stomach of how it could have been, <laughs> but uh, you're usually not as happy or as excited as everyone else. But uh, um, even hearing from uh, some other people watching the game just, you know, thought uh, that was the case. Again, just kind of playing right to the final whistle and even when it was tied up just you know it's it's time to go every single shift and um you know that's all you can do so uh, again good growing process for these guys that they're going through and i think it'll only benefit us in the future too just wanted to get your thoughts on caleb white rostock a guy who missed uh, so much time with an injury 24 games between last year and the start of this year now he's got back-to-back two goal performances after two more against vancouver last night and a guy who i thought one of the big things about him this year is that he's kind of reined in that physical side you know in previous years he's a guy who would cross that line take some penalties here and there but he's really reined that in this year and has raised his offensive game to another level yeah, I got I got a little bit of a, a cheat with him just because I saw him uh, skate in the summer uh, in Calgary. I was in Calgary working, uh, um, you know, with some some junior guys and Western Hockey League guys. So I got to see him skate, and even then, like it was the first time I saw him skate in the summer, and I knew it was a, like you could just tell there's another gear there. Um, you know, uh, playing against some really good players too, and um, you know, so I, I had a really good feeling he was going to start the season, uh, you know, with uh, both feet running and. Again, unfortunately, with with uh, you know the injury, and then he also battled an illness, and um, you know things like that. So he's he's really important to us, and we don't have um, you know that old three group. We don't have very many. That's not a large uh, group for this team. So uh, when those guys are in the lineup, uh, you know it's uh, they, they really provide a lot for us, especially offensively, and and just that veteran presence uh, um, uh, out there as well. And uh, you know big blocks protecting teammates I've said it uh, a million times he's kind of the you know he's he's an identity guy for sure a, a glue guy uh, so when he's in the lineup it's uh, you can just tell everyone's a even though he might not be the biggest guy everyone seems to play another inch taller for sure when he's on the ice so um, it's good to have him uh, healthy and going yeah and uh 
tomorrow night, Red Deer is in town. We're doing this interview just after a Thursday practice. What's preparation like for tomorrow's opposition? I mean, you got a, a juggernaut rolling in here, 13 and 0. Yeah, it's funny we're talking. The, the nice thing is the pre scout. Um, it isn't too extensive because Red Deer is a team that plays the exact same way all the time, and and that's what makes them successful. They just they have an identity, they have a way that a structure that they play with, and they play the same way from the start of puck drop till till the final whistle as well. And that's to be honest, that's what we're trying to do. So um, you know, the communication has been this is this is is good for us. I mean, we've had some success here um, being and uh, like I said, being playing to our identity on a more consistent basis so i think tomorrow night will be a good test to hey if we can if we can even take it to another level and play that way for 60 minutes um against you know probably arguably the most structured team in the league right now um let's see what we can do um so you know we're looking forward to it all right matt keeler joining us uh, stepping in on the coaches segment of the broncos this week podcast matt thanks so much for uh, for making your way to this end of the rink and best of luck tomorrow night man appreciate it thanks guys you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, we always aim to answer the questions that fans have. And last night at the game, there was a lot of who is that guy on the bench? Of course, with Devin Pratt being away coaching at World Under-17s, uh, Matt Keeler running the show, and uh, Troy Leslie making his way on the bench. Thanks for joining the podcast oh, today, Troy. I really me. appreciate it. You bet. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of a, a broad question that you can take any direction you want. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, obviously with Chad being here and, and being Chad's brother, I you know, he's given me the opportunity to come in and 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 contribute a little bit and and and, and work with Devin, Devin and Matt and it's and it's been a real positive thing. Uh, yeah, um, in terms of my background, I you know I'm a teacher. I've I've taught for I'm going into my, my 23rd year now as a teacher. Um, but in in that time, I've also coached uh, you know U18 in Manitoba uh, for about 12 years, and um, I took a bit of time away from teaching to be the uh, general manager and coach of the Verdon Oil Capitals in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've taken a bit of a different route to get here, but it, it's nice to to be able to come in and, and help out when I can. So how do you balance, you know, being a coach of a team, a head coach of a team, and also being a teacher? Is it a lot of evening practice, and I guess, weekend games for U18? Yeah, you know, when you um, my situation, U18 was a regional team out of, out of Southwest in Southwest Manitoba with the Southwest Cougars. So, you know, most of my practice, Practices were in the evening, and uh, you know, basically about four or five nights a week. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we were based out of a, it was about an hour drive there and back and forth as well. So uh, you know, my winters at that time were very busy. And and you know, when I was able to become a coach and GM in, in uh, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, it was uh, you know, it, it was a, it was different for me, and it was it was a nice change. Yeah, and you're not coming into the Bronco organization cold. You you have had some involvement up till now. Talk about kind of your, your day-to-day duties with the organization when, yeah. when we do have a full complement of coaches here. For sure. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, I, I'm tagging the game for 
for the the coaching staff. Uh, you know, when there's a game on, I'm at home and I hook up with their computer and and I tag the game uh, using our our video system. XOs. You're the Steva guy. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, we we use XOs and so I tag the game so that uh, when Devin and Matt come in between periods, they have a, a sample size of what's going on and they can look at different clips and and then uh, you know on the nights where we don't play, uh, lots of times I'm I'm pre scouting other teams in the league and and you know providing them with a bit of information too about what other teams are doing and with that you know pre-scout and video is such a huge aspect of the game nowadays so for fans who don't really maybe know a lot about what goes into that I guess it's your watching a previous teams you know last couple games seeing what their maybe their power play structure is like what their breakouts are like and just yeah. giving information to players so that they're ready to see what's going to come yeah for sure more 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 so to this coaching staff and then you know I'll do a pre-scout for the coaching staff I'll break down whatever they want me to break down or whatever they want to see and and then they take that information information and share it in you know in a video session with the players whether that be individual or as a team so now that you're on the ground in swift currents you know you had mentioned your involvement with verdon you know it's a community similar size and i imagine similar level of passion for their hockey team does Swift Current compared to Verdon, maybe feel a little bit like home. Absolutely, like you know, you know, when you're rolling a town, I came in here for camp for the week, and and you know, it, it really gives you that that small town feel, which uh, you know, I've I've been a part of all my life. So, it it was a nice transition to be able to come in here and, and see how passionate this community is about their team, and and uh, you know, the direction this team is might is going. I think we'd be remiss not to talk about your playing days as well. Of course, so you've played a couple of years in the SJHL. Um, yeah. I guess as a player, uh, kind of just talk about your time uh, playing. In Saskatchewan playing junior hockey yeah you know um the 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 Manitoba junior hockey league was always a thing when I was growing up in Manitoba but um um, I had an opportunity to go to camp in Weyburn uh there there was a local guy from our area that was was playing in Weyburn at that time and he said why don't you come on over to the SJHL and give it a shot and and was able to and and uh, really enjoyed my time in in Weyburn and Estevan it was a you know, a real good experience, and uh, you know, it, it helped me get to the next level. And you know, obviously, I went to, to Brown University and, and got my teaching degree, and was able to play there for a couple of years as well. What kind of a player? A d- defenseman. Yeah. You know, a defenseman, and I, I'd say just a you know a stay-at-home guy who moved move pucks, and and uh, you know, you know, as a D man, you you get to. As 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 a goalie, you know, you get to see the whole swath of the, of play, and I think that's kind of what got me, you know, very interested in coaching. I think I was a fairly cerebral player who who enjoyed the process, and 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 that really jumped in, uh, you know, made a good transition for me to coach. Looking at your, you know, the, the the stats page for you, it's kind of interesting. I see you had two separate stints with three different teams in the SJHL, so you were kind of just traded back and forth between a couple of different teams throughout that time, or how did that? Uh, work? No, it was basically Weyburn and then Indestiman. So okay. yeah, is that hockey DB? Yeah, or yeah. yeah. prospect said you played for Melville at two separate stints. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I played for yeah. about you know three or four months in yeah. Melville as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you betcha. How was the Melville experience? That that's it's such an interesting town. Like it's an interesting community. Yeah. What, what do you remember about it? Well, you know, I think uh, again, you know, my experience in the SJHL was in small communities, and uh, you know, basically original teams that were in the league. So there was a there was obviously a, a history in every one of those organizations that I went into if you go into the the lobby of the rink and you look at the pictures you're wow 
this is pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, you go into the to the front of, of Melville and, and there's Eddie Shore on the wall. You're going, holy smokes. You know, this is this is kind of cool. So, you know, my experience was, uh, you know, very, very rooted teams, rooted in their communities and, and uh, you know, saw a lot of passion in all three of those communities. Are there any, you know, sort of big moments that kind of stand out, whether it was, you know, rivalry games, playoffs, you know, whatever it might have been, something like that? I think I think really there was always a rivalry between Weber and Esteban when I was, in, you know, in most communities. Yeah. Like, obviously in Melville, it was Melville, York. But uh, to me, the, the Weyburn Estevan rivalry was at a whole different level at that time, anyway. And uh, yeah, and, you know, I was I was able to, you know, my my first coach in junior hockey was Dwight McMillan, who you know is kind of a legend in Saskatchewan, and and uh, you know that that was a really cool experience for me as well. I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit because because I'm a teacher's kid, yeah. and you had mentioned you know your career as a teacher. Well, what do you teach? Well, you know, be, being in small communities for most of my teaching career, I, I've really had a, the opportunity to teach all levels. So, you know, currently I'm teaching grade 7 in, in Verdon. Um, but before that, I've been a K-12 phys ed teacher. Um, I was teaching in Melita, Manitoba. I was teaching grade 5 and 6, you know, earlier in my career uh, and was able to uh, – move up into the high school so i had an opportunity to coach some uh sorry to teach some um high school history geography and and things that were part of my minor in in university as well so i you know and in my i started my career in northern manitoba i went to, for a four-year stint up in norway house manitoba and was and uh you know after i was done with uh, the verdon all, all capitals i had an opportunity to to also uh teach on a, on a colony as well so I, i've had a, a lot of different experiences and and all have been very valuable and they feed you well on the colonies very too. well you know, <laughs> you know that was a, that was one of the best ex- teaching experiences that i've ever had was was being on a colony it was nope. cool yeah and I, and I just want to put them on the spot here yeah. T- totally putting you on the spot here so yeah. you, you've managed to teach a little bit of everything yeah favorite age group to teach you like the the elementary the middle school high school well you know, a lot of people talk about middle school being a challenge, but, uh, you know, I, I have gone back into grade seven here in this past couple of years. And really, you know, taking a bit of time away from teaching and going back into it again is it really breathes a bit of a new life into you. And, and I'm really enjoying the grade seven level right now. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's been really cool. You mentioned a four-year stint up in Norway House. Just looked it up to an eight-and-a-half-hour drive from Winnipeg, and it's kind of yeah. kind of up there, not quite as far as Thompson, but it's pretty pretty remote. So is that yeah. something where it's kind of like a placement where you go there, like you apply to go there, or do you actively want to go there? How did that work out? Well, you know what? Uh, my wife, uh, we, we'd met in university, and she had actually gone up there. So I had, uh, you know, I was in my last year uh, uh, getting my degree, and uh, I had two student teaching placements that I needed to finish. So so she was already up there, so I thought, you know, I might, I might as well go up there and give that a try, and and was able to get a, a job right out of those placements. So that's how how we landed up there for four years. Yeah. So you know, coming back to Swift Current now, and and getting back on the subject of hockey here, uh, you guys have a big task ahead of you tomorrow night with Red Deer in town. You know, you mentioned part of your duties is to to pre scout these guys. Yeah. Matt on our coaches show talked about how consistent they are with their structure. You know, what, yeah. what do you make of these guys they're, that are rolling? Just in? they're so disciplined and. Uh, you know, right now you, you see them play the game, and they're obviously on a roll, and and they're in a good place right now, and and they just seem to you know come at you the same way all the time. Uh, you know, the way they play the game is very consistent, and and um, you know everybody right now, obviously with the way they are, they're buying in right now, and and they're getting some good results. 
That is uh, Troy Leslie, our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast. And uh, I really hope you enjoy your time here in Swift Current. It's been, uh, it's been awesome talking to you and looking forward to seeing you around yeah, the rink, man. Well, it's been a wonderful opportunity and uh, I'm very thankful for it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to uh, Matt Keeler, who joined us after his first Western Hockey League win as a head coach, and our feature guest, Troy Leslie, on the uh, Broncos This Week podcast. We're getting ready for a big night tomorrow. The Red Deer Rebels are in town, and so, so is DJ Tolly T. We're having another party night. It's party night, people. Get your uh, get your dancing shoes on for the dance camp for DJ Tolly T. Fun night, big game. I mean, Red Deer's 13 in a row. The Broncos are four in a row. Uh, division rivalry. Swift Current had a pretty solid game against Red Deer a couple of weeks ago when they were here. I think you could argue that the Broncos were maybe the better team for the majority of that game so uh, who knows it's going to be an interesting night uh, with Reddy here in town and a, and a big test for this group on home ice yeah very much looking forward to DJ Tolley TB and in town the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders game day DJ he does a great job firing up Mosaic Stadium and this will be I, b- I believe it's his third trip to Innovation Plex and uh, and he, he always keeps things bumping here it's oh, a good atmosphere well that's just it I'm sure the players love it too obviously they're focused on the game and I'm, I'm sure they can hear the music that's going on I, I I bet you they know it's it's different. It's it's harder hitting. It's a bit louder. It kind of gets the people going. So uh, looking forward to to hearing the, the the bass getting boosted up here for tomorrow <laughs> night, and hopefully sending everyone home happy with a win. It's got to be pretty sweet too. Like when you look up at the uh, music booth and you see a guy there with the turntables like just doing the full experience like you, you're right the players have got to think that that's pretty cool oh absolutely yeah nothing nothing wrong with Colin Powers though, sitting there hitting the music button because oh. he does a great job too you know what I, and, and I'm going to finish the podcast I, I'm actually going to make this a thing because like the, the Bronco organization I think each home game has like around 100 game day staff and, uh, you know, I'd like to take a little segment on each podcast to, to acknowledge the efforts of some of them, right? And, and we're pumping CPOWs tires today. Colin Powers, uh, you know, I, a lot of my life's work has been playing music for people, whether it's on the radio. Back in the day, I used to be like a mobile dance, wedding dance type DJ and, and things like that. And the, the thing with being the music guy is you're, it is impossible to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. And, you know, if, if you're doing a good job of it, people might give you some props or pat you on the back, but they'll also be pretty opinionated about your song sometimes. It's not easy. And, you know, Colin, he, he's done a great job this year. Like, he's, he's keeping the playlist list fresh. He's adding new tunes. Like, he sits next to me during the game production, and at least once a game, I'm like, see, pal, what song is this? Like, I hadn't heard it before. He, he's keeping it fresh. He's updating the tunes. Last night on Wiener Wednesday, he even found a song about hot dogs. <laughs> like, I had no idea there was any musical composition ever put to tape on the subject of hot dogs but for wiener wednesday he actually found one and it was a banger so you know props to colin powers he's going to take a much deserved night off with uh, dj Tolly t in town tomorrow night but we certainly appreciate the efforts of the man they call CPOW. yeah no the music is an important part of the game uh, getting fans into it uh, playing tunes they like playing tunes the players like uh it makes a difference you know you play the right song at the right time you can get people going like the hot talk song like you said so it uh, it makes a difference and like you said a well-deserved night off where, uh, you know, Colin Powers can uh, can just be a fan. Great night at the rink last night. The Swift Current Broncos with a W and everyone felt like a wiener. <laughs> That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.